I've also seen hit, uh, Spencer eat a pizza pocket in an oh, yeah. interesting way. There's video footage. Oh, okay. Well, how do you eat a pizza pocket? Oh, you would love this, Kyle. <laughs> um, well, he... God, I think there's something wrong with me. <laughs> you just eat the filling? <laughs> Essentially. Well, the best part about the pizza, the pizza pop, pizza pocket, whatever you want to call it, is to me is the doughy outside. So I don't like to... Uh... <laughs> You eat it weird too, first of all. So I'm gonna get into that. Hey, we okay. don't need to get to I like to here. suck out the the innards of the pizza pop, and yeah. then just enjoy. So the... he like makes a little hole in the corner and just, and just yeah, yeah. like, like one of those the and then, and then, like a juice bag. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then you just like enjoy, and then you just enjoy the 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 gooey exterior shell. Yeah. He, <laughs> listen here. Okay. Often will extract the innards. Yeah. And then puts the innards on top of the dough. So it's like a pizza. <laughs> so it's like a pizza. This is reverse. <laughs> order See, a pizza. So it's an inside out pizza. Pie. Yeah. Well, part of that, the only reason for that is because the innards are so fucking hot. They are. Yeah. So I just squeeze them all out, put them on top, cools yeah. down, and then you. Yeah. See, that's the thing it. for me is I have to earn that doughy outside. Mm. Get through that. How hot. do you eat a pizza pocket, Kyle? Uh, if I'm making multiple, I'll take a bite out of each corner and like squeeze them so they open up so the molten hot lava inside yeah, can yeah. cool down. And I just eat them normally, like just bite at a time. Oh, I thought you were going to say you squeeze them out, put the innards in the middle, and make a sandwich. Can you imagine, like, would open them like, up so they're circular, and then double pizza. That's yeah. just a, that's just the the different brand of pizza pop. The pizza, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the circle. What the heck are they called? Pizza pockets. Yeah. You're listening to the Adam and Kyle podcast, where we hope to ignite inspiration through seeking the extraordinary and the ordinary. We will bring you episodes where we will let you in on our decades-long journey as friends and have conversations with guests about their passions, learning through lived experiences, and what challenges and excites them. Also, listen for bonus episodes that revolve around our shared love for music as we take a deep dive into our favorite bands, albums, and what we're spinning. Thanks for hanging out with us. Enjoy the show. Hello! <laughs> Welcome to a very special edition of the Adam and Kyle podcast. Why is it special, you ask? Kyle, why don't you tell them why, tell the people why this is so special. Well, first of all, it's a Tuesday. <laughs> Dude, <that's laughs> Second it's of all. It's a Tuesday, it's 26 degrees out. Yeah. Uh, no, this is actually the first time since we started the podcast that Adam and I are actually in the same room, province, time zone. Yeah. Yeah. And we also have a very special guest with us, a, another good friend of ours. Uh, named Spencer. Happy to be here, guys. <laughs> yeah. His very, name very special is Tuesday. Spencer. Yeah. No last name, just <laughs> like Madonna. That's all the people need to know. Yeah. Yeah. With an S. Yeah. He's actually a secret spy as well, so he doesn't like to share his last name. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is this is uh, this is cool because we're all um, facing each other. We can see each other. We can touch each other. And we're we are in the same room recording. <laughs> A podcast for the first time. So we're doing this live. We're doing it live! That's great. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, it's really uh, it's really cool that we're all here together. So we um, so we brought Spencer on because obviously he's a, he's a very good friend of ours and we're going to get into a little bit of how, how Spencer and I met, which in turn led to how... How I, Spencer and I met. Yeah. And then how our... It's, that's been... Our friendship has formed the three of us over yeah, like 10, 10 years now. That's got to be least 10 years. at least 10 years. Yeah. And then, uh, uh no, it, like, like, yeah, like probably like 13, 14. 
years almost. Oh, that makes me feel old. No way. Yeah. <laughs> when you and I first met, we'll get into that. But I was gonna say, yeah. which Dream Theater album was out when yeah, yeah, you yeah. and I first yeah, met? Yeah. That's that's a good way I to evaluate. That's my, a good way yeah. to gauge it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so why don't we just start getting into that? How we? Yeah. One of my how favorite you stories. and I first met, yeah. and then how that led into me introducing you to Kyle. Because for everyone listening, if you listen to our first episode, you learned how Kyle and I met. It involved an Oreo. Yeah, yeah. this is different from an Oreo on the head. Yeah, yeah. It still took a catalyst though, by the looks of it. It did take a catalyst. So, so <laughs> yeah. basically, the story was I was in a, I was playing pool at this point. So I was in a pool league, uh, like in Fish Creek, I think, or something like that. Now, how, how, do you remember how old specifically you were? I remember I was working at Boston Pizza, so mm-hmm. that would have been. Oh man, we just had my manager on too, and I don't remember what that was like. Sixteen years ago, fifteen years ago. You had with Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, maybe it has been that long. So same. Holy crap! So yeah, I was, I was working at Boston Pizza, um, <clears throat> and I joined a pool league with one of the guys that worked there. Shout out Tyler Baker. I know he does listen to this podcast, so shout out Tyler. Hey Tyler. Hey Tyler. Um, so we. We joined this pool league, and there was one night where we were, it was like our team of five was playing another team of five. And for some reason that evening, I decided to wear a Dream Theater, like, little wristband on my wrist. One of those, like, guitar lack of chafing It wasn't cool back then, but we... It wasn't cool, no. Yeah, but we... But I just decided to to wear one. Um, So the team that we were playing against was, like, a bunch of, like gentlemen that were older than us i don't know how old your pop pops would have been then you were you were yeah you guys were significantly young in that league compared to yeah um so i remember so i ended up playing i didn't know this at the time obviously so this is why we're telling the story but mm-hmm. i didn't know at the time but i was playing a game against spencer's dad <laughs> And, and how'd that go, Adam? He wiped the floor with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, just absolutely. Their team destroyed us. Yeah. Um, Tyler was an awesome pool player, and he beat a couple of the guys on that team. I don't remember if he beat your dad or not, but your dad did wipe the floor with me. But after we, after we played and after like, the whole game was done, he, uh, we were like doing like the <clears throat> good game, congratulations, handshake thing. And he was like, I like your wrist bent. Do you listen to Dream Theater? And like, I was how like, the hell? I was like, yeah, I listen to Dream Theater. <laughs> and I'm thinking, there's no way this... I didn't think he was old. Like, yeah, your yeah. dad doesn't look old by any means, but... This very nice, handsome young man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, there's In case no he way... Listens, yeah, yeah. Then, then he'll hear. Here's Brosnan-esque. Uh, yeah. um, so, yeah, I was like, there's no way this guy knows or is, like, that familiar with Dream Theater. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, I listen to them. And he just goes, well, that's, like, my son's favorite band. And I was like, oh, cool. So then we started talking about like Dream Theater a little bit. Yeah. And then that led into like I was telling him about like the music stuff that, that I've been into and that like I've been in bands and stuff like that. And he goes, well, my son's trying to wanting to start a band. They're looking for a singer. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was doing more singing than guitar yeah. playing. Yeah. So I was like, well, give me his number and I'll, I'll, <laughs> we may as well try and link up and I'll like go audition, I guess, because. <laughs> I just assumed, like, obviously, if yeah. your son's into Dream Theater, then this could be potentially a good fit. I should note that, that he probably identified the wristband because I also wore 
two wristbands all the time. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it, 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 it just had the, lo- the Majesty yeah, yeah, logo on yeah. it, not like the words Dream Theater. Yeah. So I got a wristband knew... with the words Dream Theater on later in life. but Yeah, so yeah. he knew what the logo meant. Mm-hmm. So I obviously knew that he knew what the, who they were. So yeah, so he, I think he just gave me, he gave me your number and I gave him my number. Yep, I reached, he gave it to me. Which looking back on it could have been a risky move. <laughs> One of yeah. you could have been murderers. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> exactly. It's all a trap. Yeah. Dream Theater is a catalyst. Um, it works every time. And then again, it was like, of course, it was like one of those, one of those situations where like, I didn't think anything was going to come of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, it's like the chances of this kid calling me who knows if he'll actually call me yep. sure enough the day after well i want to i want to make note here like when when my dad saw the wristband and saw the logo that was when i think i was like a, f- a couple years into or just like kind of on the cusp of of starting to listen to dream theater oh okay and i was like full-on obsessed okay, so we can pinpoint that because so, wasn't that black clouds no oh no, no even earlier it was pre it was before octavarium because i remember my first dream theater songs that i listened to weren't right actually octavarium they were a leak it was james labrie's James solo, solo album so listed that was, as that was 2005 yeah so on that note i was i was obsessed and and that was life for me so for him to see that he knew how relevant that was and of course i had to call you the next day because because not just everyone just wears dream theater stuff no out there. and i was looking for i hadn't found anyone yet that like you know what i mean <laughs> that love dream theater as much as I'm like, i don't even care if this yeah. guy joins the band i just want to <laughs> talk yeah talk dream theater yeah so yeah so you called me the very next day mm-hmm. and i i remember getting the call and i was like and i answered and it was you and you're like hey it's spencer that's the guy's dad with the who's looking for a singer and i was like holy shit he actually called me and then i can't remember when it was either that day or that weekend yeah, it was some. It was well because we 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 gave you a list. Oh yes. of songs <laughs> <laughs> to uh, yeah to have I, ready. I can imagine it was an easy list. It was yeah. yeah I remember. Well, one of them was "Number of the Beast" by Iron <laughs> yeah. Maiden, and I, I was think, just like, "Who the fuck does this guy think I am?" I think like, maybe Sanitarium. I, but... I was like, I can't sing this stuff. Metallica maybe is more in my range. Yeah, but like I was like, uh, like going into like that audition if you want to call it i was like i can't sing this song you like, were confident to, though at least i had to sing it like a two octaves below yeah but for a guy to walk into a basement with a couple of 15 year olds and start singing <laughs> bruce dickinson iron maiden through yeah a tiny it, little amp that's pretty impressive i, I like was, that I regardless pretty, yeah, yeah. Well, if you were 17, you would have been 19, I guess, right? 19 or 20? No, I was like, I was like 15 or something at the time. Yeah, so I was 17. I can't remember. I don't oh, okay. Know. Holy smokes, that's Numbers so aren't adding up. Yeah, this was just... Yeah. I didn't... It was a while. We were still at Bob. Yeah, I guess so. We would have been either... We would have been graduating. Yeah, graduating that year. Because I know the only time we went back to play at Bob, we had already graduated. <laughs> well, yeah, so we... we well, no, we um, wouldn't graduate that year because we graduated at 08. Yeah. So we would have been in grade 11 when this happened. Put this in perspective. I think I was in grade 9, which, grade 8 or 9, which would have meant you guys were 11 or 12 yeah, at okay. the time. We would have been 12 then. When I was in grade 9, yeah. Okay, so then this is... So it must be 2007, 2008. Something like that. Yeah. That's still 14 years. Yeah, you know, and, and <laughs> so Adam was, I think he was 
just our drummer at the time and and myself and and then adam i think we can name drop him yeah he'd understand <laughs> i think so he's a what was his name again great Lawrence? drummer <laughs> yeah clint rupert clint? <laughs> um yeah Jaden was an, an awesome drummer and we uh we were both really really looking to, to get something rolling so you know adam came in and I think despite what Adam thinks about his performance with us, yeah. we were we were like impressed and we were oh, really? stoked about it. We like <laughs> That's good. enjoyed it and yeah. and um and so yeah, we're like, great, this is awesome and and let's keep doing this. And then I think Adam ghosted me for a while. Did I? Yeah, a little bit, maybe. <laughs> really? But I think cool maybe you're like, I don't know because <laughs> I don't know. That we that was that was pretty challenging for you to step in and, and do what we what we'd asked you to do there. So Well, because this was also on the heels of uh, hazards I probably like. yeah no because hazards we were like 14 15 <clears throat> that's true maybe i still had some emotional scarring <laughs> I, maybe then, i wasn't ready to yeah, start a band yeah i, I remember that was maybe part of it i was like wondering because that was pretty close to like graduating high school a lot so going I was on like yeah i was like do i want to commit to something like this right now yeah i guess hazards might we would have been a little bit it would have been close to the heels because we performed at the grade 10 Battle of the Band <coughs> Hazards. I guess that's relatively yeah. recent. Yeah. Fresh. Yeah. But yeah, we um, didn't really talk for a while, probably about a year after, until after that. And I think I, I was walking around. I remember distinctly I was walking. There's no through. way it was a year after that. Well, this is, the, this is what I remember. So I was walking through a Safeway. And I got a, Kyle from Ad, or a, <laughs> a text from Adam. And you were like, have you listened to Raw Dog? By Dream Theater. Oh, okay. So when they dropped that was when we kind of started talking again. That's right. So, yeah, yeah. But that was a while, so. I mean, I was heartbroken, but. <laughs> I'm looking up when Raw Dog came out. Because the whole thing, too, was like, it was like you playing guitar, Jaden playing drums, uh, me singing and doing some guitar, and then obviously we were like, we need a bass player. And I was like, hey. I know a bass player. Raw Dog came out in 2010. Yeah, so it was it so, was like a while but you and I hadn't talked. At least geez. at least a year, maybe two. What a dick. Yeah. Ghosting <clears throat> is the worst. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay, you came back. Distance makes the heart really. grow fonder. Also that EP, the God of War, Blood and Metal EP. Yeah. Like every every song on there has like two, three hundred thousand plays on Spotify. Trivium shattering the skies above four million. That was actually on interesting. Anyway. Um, an album. Anyways, yeah. Um, from that point forward, yeah, you had mentioned we started talking again and like rekindled the conversation and mentioned that you you knew a bass player and like he was a great screamer and like we could actually like round this whole thing out if we wanted to, right? Well, and no, I can't remember. Did you did you did you come? And play with us before? No, I met you for the first time. Yeah, I met you for the first time at the concert, right. at our main concert. Yeah. So that would that have been the one that Dream Theater opened? It was. Or was that Coheed? It was Dream Theater. Which, it, Dream I, Theater I, opened yeah. for Iron Maiden in Edmonton. That's the one I went to. It's the only Iron Maiden I think I've seen in Edmonton. Maybe not. But regardless. Oh, okay. Um, obviously, we were both... I knew you were there. We we're texting about it. So we're like, let's link up. Yeah, you said I got. I got. We gotta go meet these guys. And 
I want you to meet Spencer and Jade. Uh, mm-hmm. Spencer and Jaden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because and then there was something about a flag that band. we had to go meet. Though. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you, you're like my buddy bought a flag and he doesn't want it. Do you want the Iron Maiden flag? Yeah. <laughs> Let's link up. <laughs> it's still sitting in your house. It's still there. Yeah, it's still there. It's who, been who with me. The flag. I, I think I bought the flag. Oh. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I got the flag at the end of the day. So. Yeah. Um, but really, really cool. Awesome. That was definitely awesome 2010 because that was the final frontier. Mm-hmm. where they were doing because you had that it had like that the flag has like the space guy the space eddie yeah, yeah. Okay. okay oh yeah so then so then i met you there and then after that uh we got to talking and then uh i came for an audition i believe as well or we came up for a jam or something yeah we just i think we just i don't remember and... what we played the first time though but I, at that I feel time like we did number of the beast again probably well at, at that time i remember um uh trent was there singing mm-hmm. yeah so it was five of us it was Spencer and Jaden and Trent and Adam and I. Right. Oh, yeah. It was, right. Those was five. Yeah. So we came to... A lot to of lineup changes throughout the days, hey? <laughs> Jeez. I don't even remember if we had a band name at that time or if you guys had a band name that we were walking into. We, we did. What was it? It was, was uh, it? Anatomy of a Sin. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, yeah, I think it was like Trent and Jaden that came up with that. And it was, yeah. Yeah, oh, I thought that was, that was awesome back then, man. That was, yeah. was good stuff. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's not a bad name. No. Even looking back. You gotta look at the era too, right? But yeah. Well, it's right in line with like Bull of My Valentine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were covering like three days grace and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, yeah, I don't remember when we played that first time. We might have played Number of the Beast. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if learning that song, but we may have. I know we did Because uh... Trent wasn't really into that music. No, but we did like much. No. We did Monine. Oh, and, we, and didn't rise we against. Do, didn't we do a bunch of Amber Lynn too? In Amber Lynn? Yes, yeah. feel good drag. Yeah, that's right. So it wasn't and maybe Godspeed as well. Yep. And then we did. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, good Monine is fucking hard to play. We did rise against. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, State of the sorry, Union. State of the Union. State of the Union. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, when what's the transition from uh, Trent leaving to bringing in Craig? I think uh, it oh, happened wait. pretty quick, to, to my recollection. Recollection, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it, it did happen pretty quick. Um, I think we had that conversation with Trent. Yeah, we had the conversation with Trent. Mutual. And then you and I both like re-auditioned singing. And then yeah. it, I didn't want to play bass and sing, but I think we decided that I was going to sing. Well, you were you were a really good screamer, so you. Yeah. We were already kind of doing that. Back up. That's right. Cleans. Yeah. And guitar, and then so we we brought in Craig to play bass. Mm -hmm. How who 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 knew Craig? How did we? I knew Craig. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I knew him through him through Kyle. Yeah. Through him. This guy over. This guy over there. (laughs) 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 That's an old inside joke for the listeners. (laughs) Um. Truly, though, I think I think um bringing him on. Maybe I didn't realize it at the time, but that was like. That was huge because I think we all like recognized his talent. Yeah, and we're like, okay, and respected his input too. Like he contributed a lot to the song. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. He added a lot to the songs. Yeah, really, really influential. So we, I think we all kind of kicked it into a little bit of a high gear. Yeah. Once we realized we're like, okay, this is this is a good crew. Yeah, we wrote like, yeah, at least five or six originals. Yeah, I think we only played three or four ever live. We did yeah. more covers live. Drenched. Yeah, drenched. The Command. 
Command and uh, Sounds of Silence. Sounds of Silence, the intro, technically, but then there was um, The Devil Inside. Oh, The Devil Inside. Make a note to uh, play put, these, put songs? these songs yeah. into this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, reach, we'll reach out to Craig and James and Matt, ask yep. them that we can do this. Yeah, but so. I think, I think like, when you look at like, how the stars aligned, because you were at Boston Pizza at the time, um, I followed a manager that I was working with who happened to go work with you at Boston Pizza. And that's when I turned 18 and I, I followed, followed you guys. Write his name down. And, you know, so I joined the industry kind of right then and there. Right. Yeah. And so everything kind of made sense. And then through him, we met our uh, recording studio friend. That's right. Mike. Mike yeah. Garces, Garces, which we talked about. Uh, with we recently had Alex Black on, yeah, and he recorded his new project with Mike Garces. Good. I'm meeting. I'm. I'm going to meet with Mike Garces yeah. soon. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He's just a good, good guy to keep. He's yeah. A, keep he's up a very to speed fine with. gentleman, Michael Garces. Um, but I think we were yeah we were coasting along and we were writing songs and we were booking shows, booking shows as best as we could, and then we, yeah, we we got into the little studio with mike and that was a lot of fun for the yeah. first time for like yeah yeah because you guys had been in the you guys had done it yeah yeah so it that was, was a, that was a really cool experience it was a way better experience with mike garces than it was at uh, music center canada totally like music center canada was uh, a nicer studio but the engineer that we had wasn't really into recording 15 year olds oh. and and but mike garces was really supportive and he stayed up with us all night recording yeah it was cold really late yeah I think we got sushi before. <laughs> Probably. Um, but that was a lot of fun. That was really, really cool. Yeah. That was really, really cool. And the, and the product came out like just as good as the stuff music had, which like goes to show you don't need like a nice studio and the highest end equipment. You need a good ear and a good, uh, mm-hmm. good skill set. But you can make anything sound good. Obviously good gear can sound better in the right hands, yep. but bad gear or inexpensive gear can sound really good as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean like, you know, in hindsight, when I look at that time of life and kind of like the journey with music and making music back then, I think we were all in like, you know, going through our own our own little adventures. Mm-hmm. But that that time was probably like one of the most relevant times, specifically in my band careers. I guess mm-hmm. there's a few different mm-hmm. peaks that we have, but yeah. Yeah, that's one that really like jumps out at me and was pretty special. So totally, I think yeah. we you know we started playing a lot more shows after that, and that's one of the that's one of the ones where it's like that's one of the ones where sometimes I I think about the what if, yeah, like if Craig stayed and that and those that five of us stayed together, yeah, yeah, and just kind of who not, knows, man, not like dropped and quit everything, but like really focused on the band, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I think Craig. That's the one time. I think Craig leaving ended up being a catalyst towards the end of us, right? Because I picked up bass again, and then I, I don't remember <laughs> what happened after that. We hired we hired that uh, dingus. What was his name? We won't say it out loud. Oh God, B. that totally. The guy. I forgot that was even. I forgot about the show we played too. Oh yeah, I forgot about that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, ketchup, ketchup. We have. He remember we were we were having we were having pho at Mama's house. Yeah, my boy. And yeah. uh, and 
They, you know how they have the, the sriracha and the red bottles, but it looks like ketchup? We told him it was ketchup. No, he's like, it's really spicy. I was like, yeah, if you had more ketchup, it'll... Yeah. And he just kept adding more sriracha, thinking it was ketchup because it was too spicy. Um, he got through the whole thing. Wasn't he, he like sweating? Yeah. So red. Well, what was funny is that like he's, he's a new member of the band. He obviously just wanted to like be impress us or which like, not, yeah 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 which i mean sure whatever I'm, i'd probably do the same yeah but, um I but also as a new member you get a little bit of hazing so totally. yeah you gotta yeah. Yeah. but i think he only played one show with us one show that was and we, we called it quits yeah or he bailed on one too um yeah we played one he and did, it sucked yeah like it was okay yeah and then but then he he just left right after the show that's right, right. and then and then we're like this again. is weird you know and yeah. and there was you know, we would all prepare and practice and whatnot, and he just didn't really, he didn't come prepared. But then he was like, we talked about it, and we're like, obviously, this isn't working out. Yeah. And he's like, what? I'm having a great time. <laughs> and then he, when he went off, I think he went and like, was, was pretty angry on social media with us for a little bit. Oh, if you remember that's, that. That's right. I mm. forgot all about that guy, if I'm honest. Yeah, the band well, life, I mean, man. It's dramatic. It's dramatic. <laughs> And then, yeah, that was pretty much then. And then it was not long. I can't remember timelines, but mm -hmm. it was a certain amount of time after that. And then I decided to leave. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I'm trying to remember why. I think I know. Or Tell me. Not please. that I know specifically why, but I think <laughs> that me, you please. were. So that was right around the time. <laughs> dubstep was super relevant <laughs> oh yeah oh, yes you're yeah. absolutely right this was yeah. that yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. not that we're putting words so, in Nevada, but uh, this is why <laughs> yeah yeah you had you know you had yeah cooler friends now and <laughs> you know yeah. we yeah i think it was just i think he was just like you needed to feel that out musical differences we all yeah, yeah. and that was at that time we were doing a lot less rehearsing and playing a lot more mortal Kombat and smoking weed yeah so yeah that's true too yeah so then i think uh, mortal Kombat was a lot of fun that ermac smoke combo guys <laughs> yeah. come on get out of here ermac every time. <laughs> what was her name tatiana that i was like katana, katana. katana. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's right you always think it yeah and i was that's always so john cena or whatever that yeah was. yeah johnny cage johnny cage yeah johnny yeah cage. yeah yeah so then it was after that that yeah adam decided to leave and then we rebranded with Jamie. We rebranded, re yeah. Yeah, and we hired a singer. Yeah. A female fronted. Yeah, yeah, Victoria. Who was awesome. Awesome. She was great. Yeah. Very talented. Um, well, but wait, no, 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 because I was. Did I come back? Because I played, no, you, I you, played a little bit with. You, before you left, she had. She had joined. Because we had oh, talked right. about rebranding and, like, let's try a new direction here. I think that was part of like we took a risk, we played with it, it didn't really gel. That's right, because we were and moving I, more into covers. We wanted to get more into bar gigs and yeah. alternative rock because and you whatnot. Right? Play Sex on Fire, so that's why it all fell. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah, let's edit that part out. Yeah, <laughs> that haunts me to this day. <laughs> this guy can nail like some Spencer <laughs> yeah. can nail some some of the craziest solos and like. Afterlife and all this shit, Sfogly solos. Yeah, but you Sex on Fire. You can't play Sex on yeah, Fire. That was yeah. the Achilles heel. Yeah. The Kings of Leon. So I've got my own Achilles heels too. Like, I, oh yeah, I, yeah, I, it comes out of nowhere too. Yeah, someone's yeah, like, play the song. Like, Wait, I just, what? I can't. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I mean, let's like in that time though, we we brought up that show with with uh, that bass player, and I <laughs> forgot about that show, and that was a that was 
the worst that was a shit show they bumped our time up by two hours so we weren't prepared oh yeah we rushed we were like rushed to get in there that was the day yeah (laughs) picked up our uh our friends that were there and and uh yeah i like i I don't know what happened (laughs) there's a there's a cd kicking around actually a video that that there's of that show that I have to find. I think I have it. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm going to find it. We should put a link to the, uh, the Wickham house YouTube. Yeah. For this too. Yeah. Good stuff. See just how great we were. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) See how awesome quote unquote a scraper I was. So then, (laughs) so then yeah, once Victoria came in, then that kind of experiment didn't work. Yep. Then I like left, left. Yeah. And then you guys, Rebranded again. Rebranded again and mm-hmm. started. I don't remember how long you guys played for. Amira. Amira, yeah. I think we played four or five bar gigs and like we played at that retail store. <laughs> <laughs> habitat for Humanity? Yeah. <laughs> the restore, right? That was like a yeah. raises money for Habitat for Humanity. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was good. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then we, we ended, up, ended up writing one song, but we loved it and recorded it as a single. Yeah. Did you? I don't know if I've heard that. Oh, it, it's oh. it's still my one of my it's favorite really songs good, I've ever written. It's really good, man. It's really good. Huh? It's on SoundCloud. We'll, we'll we'll have to pull it up and listen. But yeah, um, we can put I, it in the podcast too. I think, um, but that we 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 were playing all of Grove and yeah, and, I went to that show. Yeah, we did, a, we did a we did a couple of the times a few you times. All of Grove. Yeah, we yeah. did a few times, and then I think the worst show with uh, Amira was at the New Black when oh, she lost yeah. her voice. Yeah, the, the day and of. The, and the oh, no. stage and was the like stage so had a tiny, hole in it, and it had a hole in it. I, f- I fell into a hole, <laughs> really, my foot <laughs> in the stage. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, but the stage. We was were like, headlining that day too. It was a battle of bands, and we were, yeah, the top ticket. Top of the and bill. She lost her voice, and was. Shit. I can only imagine how upsetting that was for her. You know, yeah. but. Oh, it's yeah. tough. Because we were playing like offspring and stuff. Like we were, and and because of her range, we were playing some oh, yeah. some higher vocals, and she really yeah. pushed it. And, yeah, she was good. She's a really good singer. And then so. we had uh, at Dickens Pub. Mm-hmm. Um, I have all the videos of Do all you? the Dickens Pub and Olive Grove shows. Amazing. Oh, I, I want those videos. Yeah, yes. yeah. I want to yeah see there's them. lots of really good stuff. So okay, so then what happened after that? I don't, I don't, I don't remember the story of like why that disbanded. Oh, I remember. I, I do too, but I'm gonna let you comment on it. <laughs> yeah, you know, um. Oh, was this? It's just. It was just. Yeah, like just petty falling, high school was this the stuff. Falling out with you and. Yeah, it was. Right around that time. It was. Okay. Which that makes sense. It's unfortunate because. You know, in hindsight, that's something so trivial. I th- not trivial, I think, but. You know, like. To, but at the time, it was important. At the it was, time, it, oh was, yeah, at the time it was irrelevant, was and there was no other direction, and it was just yeah. like, but. It would have been cool, to shelf that and just see where we could have kept going, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because, yeah, that, that one, that one song, uh, Beautiful State, that we recorded, we mm-hmm. recorded it at Perfect Fifth Studios. But like I say, it's one of the favorite songs I've ever written or been a part of writing. Yeah. And uh, I had high hopes for where I was going to go, but it was shortly after we got out of the studio that yeah. the falling out happened. Like, Unfortunately. And yeah. we were marketing it, and it was going well, and yeah. trying it on the radio with X929, and yeah. it, was, it was looking good, but then it just... Done. Yeah. Yeah, and then the, the then after we, that, and then I we, think that was the last time you and I played together. I was gonna say we haven't been was in a band it, since. Yeah, I was, I was actually gonna ask you about that because I know like since then, yeah. you don't focus as much on guitar. Like 
uh, yeah. at least from my perspective. Like, what, what, what changed for you or what, uh, what inspired you to focus so heavily on guitar and then move on? That was a very nice segue, Kyle. Thank you. Yeah. Really nice, yeah. <laughs> um, I think, like, for me, it, there was a period of time when, with the band and that, like, when I was in high school and was so, so in deep with, with music and guitar. It would be, it'd be like four or five hours of practice a day. Wow. Every day. You know, I'd have lessons twice a week. Um, twice a week? Twice a week. Wow. I got to a point, yeah. And then, you know, school was secondhand at that point because <laughs> I was going to Berkeley and, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, you were going to be John Pertucci. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to do all the same steps. Something worked. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think it, like, it actually was unhealthy at some point because when I get, like, obsessed, when I got obsessed with it, it was everything. And the band right. was everything. And guitar was everything. And I want to, I want to have a little bit more of a casual relationship with, with my like musicianship. Okay. Um, but at the time it was like a hundred percent that everything came to a, a halt and there was a little bit of like relief almost because mm-hmm. it was like this pressure every day of myself to just mm-hmm. keep going and going and going and going and going. And I, I'm, I'm glad I, I, we took it back a bit because I could focus on other things. Right. Um, but it, I still like if you pull up my Instagram page, it's all guitar covers and yeah. I'm you know and I'm I still think about it all the time and pick it up and, and diddle around every oh, once in a while. But yeah, I'm I'm getting ready. I'm gearing up for that moment where I'm like ready to commit again. Because until then, yeah. I want I want to go like a hundred percent kind of thing. So okay, yeah, no, that's very cool. Cause, well, and it makes like practicing four to five hours a day and and less than twice a week. Like it makes sense. Like one of the things that I enjoyed playing with you is like, you were the most like technical and accurate player oh, I've thank ever you. played with. Yeah. <laughs> like it's uh, like, it, and that's definitely something to be said. Right. And yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and you definitely had, had your style, yeah. which, uh, which I loved as well and loved playing with. We were, we were pretty fortunate. You and I, Kyle, to play with some pretty, like Craig was incredible yeah. at his instrument and just had like a great musical his, knowledge. His theory knowledge. And yeah. Then we've, we've talked about before, like the, no, no, obviously no offense to Jade, but, the drummer we played with in Hazards, yeah, Zach, like, was like one of the best drummers of his age. Yeah, and then that's, yeah. and I remember part of me trying to get Kyle to come on to play with you and Jaden. I was like, this kid Spencer, like, for his age at the time, I was like, this dude is, yeah, legit. But yeah, totally. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look at those hands. Look like there, Midas. Yeah, they're built. <laughs> they're built for they're built, built for, for shreddery yeah. yeah so so you say like uh you're kind of waiting to be able to get back into it till, you, till you're ready so mm-hmm. what, what would that look like for you like would you get back into writing original music or would you get back into doing covers and just play for fun or what, what would it look like for you um it'd be, it'd be writing original music but it would be it would be the, the reason it's daunting to me is because i'd want to start from almost ground zero with my like theory knowledge oh okay the hard part is is that that is still my my weakness right and what got difficult was like i had some like technical aptitude but then when it came to the writing component i like hit a barrier Mm. because of that and so in order to for me in order to get to that level i'd have to elevate my theory and and until i get um to a point where i have a consistent enough dedicated time where i can i can do that and start start slow yeah i think that'll be that'll be the time and 
That's who knows when, but, but like, you know, back in the band, you were Kyle, you were one of the pivotal for me. I was very boxed in, in terms of what I played and what I created. Right. And I think you single-handedly were the biggest influence in terms of, um, like pushing me to be more versatile. Because you, yeah, you, you played a ton of different music and uh-huh. look at all the bands you've been in, it, like mm-hmm. all, all across the board. And that was huge. That was huge for me. So I don't know if I've ever told you that, but you haven't. No. Yeah. So thank you. You're making me all flustered. Yeah. It made, made a big difference, man. <laughs> uh, that, no, that's cool. I'm, well, I'm glad I could do that for you because like the way I approach music is, is very not theory based, right? Like I just play what is fun and play mm-hmm. with bands and like, I like playing covers. I don't write a lot of music. I love playing covers, mm-hmm. and, but it's just because for me, it's a love of playing music and I don't find writing yeah. that exciting i like contributing to writing yeah but i don't like creating mm. from scratch mm. i think that was our one of our biggest pitfalls in asopian was like cause which was the lineup with craig for yeah oh yeah sorry yeah. yes it was, it was citadel for about a week yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah back to that that five piece we we're talking about like because like spence and i were super into dream theater and i think one of our biggest pitfalls was we were trying Spencer and I were trying too hard to write like prog metal. Yeah, like, like what we really were inspired copied. by was not even realistic. Yeah, it, like I remember, like even like that one riff I always think of in the command. I was like, I just want to write the like hardest, proggiest riff. Was that the with the blast beat? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so and so, but like which that that one that specific section like actually ended up working out really yeah. well. But we were, yeah. but I know when I was going into like writing. For that band, I was like, I just want to make the craziest <laughs> frog metal because that's what I was super into. And clearly, if you listen to this podcast, we're still into. Yeah, but it's hard to write. Like, it, it gives me a lot of appreciation trying to write that music for bands that actually do it successfully. Oh, I know. Yeah. Like nowadays, if 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 I was ever going to start something and write original, like, I know that there's absolutely zero harm in writing like a three chord chorus. Yeah, exactly. And then if you want to just have little blips of yeah. like prog and craziness in the middle like we don't we'd almost feel bad like that, but about like tendering the idea of, of mm-hmm. i i would be like oh this is too you know too simple or too yeah like yeah. you know which is so wrong it is yeah. it is so, so wrong because like especially if we were in that mindset of like wanting to make it big we could have we done weren't, we weren't a lot more yeah writing music to be radio friendly no we knew that we're so like doesn't matter back, like yeah, we're gonna like, yeah. we're not sellouts yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. so like looking back on it, i think that was one of our kyle and i touched on this in one of our episodes too that was i think one of our biggest pitfalls we were just trying to write mm-hmm. music that was way too complicated and like out of our yeah out of yeah. our expertise level that's right but we like, did we did uh blow some people away at some shows man mm-hmm. for and, sure and we saw like yeah. these kids get up on stage yeah and whip out that stuff no like, we we did really well for our age but it's just not something that ever would have made it where no. we were at no no yeah. not at all yeah. but it, it was really good to see like yeah us, us young kids getting up on stage and pulling mm-hmm. it out of our yeah asses and then covering stuff like well we covered peruvian skies and afterlife and did a good job of it and like yeah yeah but i think uh like in in hindsight um the only way to without having a theory background the only way to really write that type of music is to cover more of it like you got to learn what other people are doing before mm-hmm. you can really write it right yeah and i don't think we covered enough of it in order to really get a good feel for what goes into yeah. it yeah and we 
I think covers none of so us many... could sing any of that stuff. <laughs> no. Maybe we should have just covered it instrumentally. Yeah, yeah. But it was, uh, we were all over the map too with what we were covering. If <laughs> to consider that as well. Yeah. You know, like if we were dedicated to one specific genre, but we were all over. If there's if there's one band out there right now that not back in the day. <laughs> But if there's one band out there right now that you, if if it's like if we were gonna start an original band, yeah, what band would you want to model after the most? That's relevant and like right now. Yeah, that, okay. that exists right now that we oh, that you question. like. And I'll add the caveat of like that is that would actually be in our wheelhouse. Yeah, because um, my first thought tough. went to protest the hero and like that style, but like. That's insane. Yeah. yeah, I cannot play that stuff. I wish. Uh, I Jody, would, Jody, Jody. I would say, uh, um, tragically hip or Iron Maiden. <clears throat> oh, interesting. Maiden. Yeah. I did not expect that answer. Yeah, tragically I, hip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like hip. I, I love party rock. Actually, there's a band, uh, Monster Truck, would be. So oh, I love fun. Monster yeah, Truck. Monster Truck. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. yeah. That would, you know what? That would be. I think that's what I would want. Yeah, more, more than anything right now would be like, just, just some just party, just some really good party rock. Exactly. Um, you know, a little bit of a a, a southern blues twinge to it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think that would definitely be. In in line with what I'd want. Yeah. So is there a band that like? I don't know. I, I, I have to think about this a little bit. Okay. Adam, if you have anything. If you didn't, if you weren't, if Protest the Hero is obviously out of our wheelhouse. So yeah. What would you do that's in our wheelhouse? Uh, Avenge Sevenfold or Alter Bridge? Mm. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So that Alter Bridge is yes. kind of in line with uh, uh, like the Monster Truck. It's a little more proggy, a little more technical than Monster Truck. But, uh, but that's yeah, what yeah. I would want is like that, that cool mix of like those little tiny elements of like metal, prog melodic, and approachable and rock, but also you've got like Tremonti yeah. who's so, so. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You know, that's great. That's actually, yeah, Alter Bridge. We just have to find a singer that can sing that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Were there any concerts or shows, though, that you wanted to highlight? I mean, we can r- reminisce a little bit. I mean, uh, like we, we, we did as a band take a few trips. Oh, and yeah, like it, concerts were a lot of fun. Oh, are you thinking about both, like both shows shows, shows that we played or concerts? Because there's some, there's some iconic uh, concerts that we were at. Well, the one, in terms of ones we actually played, like the one at the Wickham House always stands out. Me too, at the Wickham House. Yeah. Yeah. And the one at, the one after we graduated at Bob. Where we yeah, yeah. That was we were at Bob, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you and Jane were at Bob. Yeah. So the fun part about that was, that was huge for me because... I was the I was that kid. I'd bring my guitar, like electric guitar, to school. Right. I'd have just be decked out in Dream Theater gear, <laughs> carrying an electric guitar, <laughs> long hair, you know. And I'd just go to the I would go to the library at YMCA <laughs> and I would just play play guitar. And there were like a network of of um, kind of like friends of mine who all listened to that kind of music, and we would just go there every day and just talk and, yeah. and listen and play and. For me, when we when I told people we were playing Afterlife at Bob's Dock, <laughs> you know, there was like a, a, a several people who were like, "Oh my God, that's so cool!" So there's a lot of pressure on me to do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and I think we started it really fast. So fast, oh, yeah, <laughs> which made it very hard, but we yeah. did it. Yeah. You know, but that was a great time. That was a fun song. That was one of the most fun uh, 
songs to be covered. Mm-hmm. I've covered a few Avenged Sevenfold over the years, and I think I've, they're all really fun to play. Like, uh, um, Unholy Confessions is such a fun song to cover. Yeah. Or like... Uh, um, My favorite was So Far Away when we did it. Oh, that was a good one, too. Yeah. We got out the I think, we, I think we nailed it. Yeah. That was we a hard did, one for me to sing. We did some really cool co- things with covers. Slither yeah. was one that I mm-hmm. loved, and the Ladies and Gentlemen. Oh, that was yeah, because we we um we changed blast. it. Yeah, didn't we like added yeah, we, our own yeah, little like really bridge? Like and, yeah, we really made that one specifically our own. Really good stuff. Yeah, but I I I'm very fond of the Edmonton concerts that we took trips together for, and yeah, yeah. we've we've mentioned before, and uh, yeah, I remember the, the show the, the system of a down where yeah. you had to scalp a ticket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> leave it to Spencer God to forget something oh, somewhere. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I was picking him up today to come to the oh, Lord. Riggy, Riggy Studios, he was like, I don't have sunglasses. Should I bring sunglasses? Yeah, bring sunglasses. I haven't fully unpacked for my... And then he comes back in the car, he's like, I couldn't find my sunglasses, so I'll just bring these sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. Just like, yeah, from 20, 2006. You need one of those new Apple AirTags to put into your wallet, too. So you yeah, no, we're, yeah, yeah, we're going to buy that for sure. Yeah. I think that'll be life-changing. <laughs> <laughs> your wallet's on my table right now. I know. I made note of that. Yeah. <laughs> your sunglasses. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No. Some of those. Some of those trips to Edmonton were pretty fun. You know, uh, Adam and I talked about it on a recent podcast. There was one that we ended up at, and uh, Sean was there, and it ended up being like a bachelor's weekend. But Adam wasn't there. He wasn't but, there. Yeah. But uh, what concert was that? I Rush. Remember. It was Rush. Yep. Yeah, I got way too messed up for that concert. I don't remember that concert at all. All I remember was <laughs> when we realized. That Getty Lee's eyebrows were perfectly correlated with his pitch what? when he sang. Yeah. Yeah. So every, like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you go watch and the so video. And so we, we were really messed up. And that was hilarious watching that. Yeah. And then we had, we had a hell of a weekend. We did, yeah. We had a hell of a weekend. Yeah. Getty's right. eyebrows are to his vocals like Celine Dion's hand are to her vocals. Yes. Oh. <laughs> that makes perfectly perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. For Christina Aguilera. For the, for the listeners at home. <laughs> oh, actually, I meant Christina Aguilera, not yeah. Dion. Yeah. Oh, you meant Christina Aguilera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Dion's the chest beater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, was there anything else, like, in, in music and stuff that we want to touch on before we kind of move on a bit? I mean, I don't know. Aside from the fact that I think that was, uh, like, for me, in such, like, a developmental part of my life there was like that that few years yeah. three four five years i don't even remember that was like huge mm-hmm. so that impact and that what we did was and the camaraderie and the teamwork was like totally was 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 really big so well i mean i don't know what you got if you guys got the same out of it for but life, essentially yeah that yeah time. i mean kyle and i were obviously best friends before that yeah then. and despite like you know we haven't jammed in a while but probably 10 years yeah. <laughs> but uh we've we're still we still stay connected and yeah well we're sitting in my studio right now surrounded by drums and guitars so we're yeah. thinking we might do it i was just about to say for those of you that can't see the room we're sitting Itch. in we are tempted by many delicious <laughs> instruments all around us yeah maybe we'll have to bust out uh, can you still play afterlife uh yes yeah, probably uh, i cannot yeah. <laughs> not a chance we'll feel that one out yeah so uh so yeah so with spencer joining us today as a guest um we are going to kind of dive into a bit of some of your history and mm-hmm. the stuff that we know about and and like we do with all of our guests we're going to dig in a bit and and try and see what you learned from it and how you developed like uh obviously like you say music was pretty developmental for you but mm-hmm. uh, si- since those times there's been a lot of things that have 
have happened in, in all of our lives, but uh, mm-hmm. Adam and I have already, talk, already talked about ours on right. previous episodes. Yep. So. Yeah. <laughs> so this is all about you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, uh, one of the first things, uh, just to kind of get into it, but um, you're obviously killing in the restaurant industry with uh, Cactus Club. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're doing really well and making some good network and, and like you say, I have a pretty good uh, commitment to them and I've learned a lot through them. So. Um, a few years back, though, you had the opportunity to go to Fort Mac and open a new restaurant as yeah. its GM with your yeah. brother as AGM. Uh, so how did that, like, do you want to talk about that experience and how it impacted your life and how it impacted your career? <laughs> yeah, it was unreal. So Jane actually went to uh, the brew house up there and was in transition to be my AGM when we kind of made the decision to leave. Oh, okay. So, yeah, the decision was, like, when the offer came through, it was it was it was a tough decision to make. I don't know how much everybody wants to live in Fort Mac, so you know that was. <laughs> I only know one person that likes living there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, we had fun, but um, yeah. yeah, it was like, it was like a whole different world. But being given so much autonomy, and like I all I wanted was to be able to bite off more than I could chew and see how I could handle it. Right. You know, and so that was that was pretty unreal. And being there literally with the construction crew building this place hiring everybody was an unreal unreal experience i've never done anything like that before so you're with the construction crew so it wasn't even built by when you went up it was like the yeah like the the structure was there right but inside was like they didn't they didn't even have like the bars right or any of the equipment nothing oh wow so it it was cool to watch that blow up and obviously this building was like twenty two thousand square feet of space it was insanity um, a lot of learning lessons there. Uh, discovered a lot about myself in terms of independence mm-hmm. and being able to operate something like that. And in, in a positive sense, or in, uh, like as in like you could, you could do it or do it again, or yeah. yeah, yeah, I definitely could do it again. Nice. Um, just the lifestyle up there for for us and the context of the organization we were with and all that good stuff. We it wasn't ideal, but it was still what I wanted. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. So that, that was huge. And, and, you know, maybe for another podcast, we can talk about all the sweat, tears, and right. lots of blood. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we, uh, yeah. Um, uh, the, the kind of few elements obviously um, put us back into a position where we were needing as a family to come back to, to Calgary. And in hindsight, that was a great idea because literally covid struck weeks after we we touched ground back in calgary and right. then fort mcmurray flooded and it was just it was a mess so right really really glad we're back but um i feel a lot better moving forward with my career in, in a capacity of of an operator with, with that knowledge right and that experience yeah it was unreal yeah yeah cool no that's cool so like uh, in essence, you you wanted to bite off something more and get you to see how mm-hmm. you handle it. You handle it really well, and now you're really confident going forward to be that independent. And to be yeah, made mistakes, and like, but yeah. that was like, I I I have a hard time picturing what could be like the scale of what that was. I don't know if I'll ever be in a position where that is something I have to oversee again. Like right. that was huge. So um, what was the scale? Like for our listeners, can you describe what you were doing up there or what the Yeah, the it was the was? first of a new chain of, of restaurants. We had 
three floors, like I said, like 22,000 square feet, um, literally had to hire 200, 250 people. So in the span of a few weeks, I I went through like a thousand interviews. My brother helped. Holy. It was insanity. And then the hiring process and getting, working with the construction crew to get things set up and literally like peeling things off equipment. And um, when you talk about like opening a restaurant, that was like bare bones, you know, they obviously had the, the capital and everything else needed, but it was, it was crazy. And I, the really cool part about it was from day one, I was able to put like a foot, my own footprint on that store. Mm-hmm. And I hope at least that this chain, you know, there's a new one opening up in Calgary right away here too. Oh, is there? And now Edmonton and probably mm-hmm. Victoria. I hope that these, that kind of, that footprint will, will carry through. Can you say yeah. what the chain is? Yeah, it's, it's the banquet. Okay. The banquet bar, yeah. Nice. So we had bowling. So I had to learn how to bowl, fix <laughs> bowling, like get back there. Right. And fix oh, like the machinery. The and shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, and it was learn as you go. and. So is it kind of a model similar to um, uh, what Shanks was, kind of mixed with the rec room type? Situation? Yeah, like, like you, national. Yeah, you, yeah, you okay. think about it like as like, like a national on steroids. Okay. Right? Like they were like this ma- like massive rooftop patio with booths that had like fire tables and games and Jeez. Uh, and like on each floor was different, a different theme and we'd have these massive events and um and then of course like bowling downstairs and it was it was like some somewhere you could spend the whole day. Yeah. At and so for me, I came from working in restaurants, but now all of a sudden I'm operating this like massive scale restaurant, adding elements that I have no experience in. Um, but it was really, really cool. Really cool, really, really cool concept. And uh, it, was, it was definitely received well up there. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's very cool. Did your, uh, did your ownership um, and I guess support system, did they have processes in place for stuff like hiring and... And payroll and all that stuff or did you have to help develop those processes um there were processes in place from their um their existing brand but it wasn't so much the process it was the accountability piece okay so yeah i was kind of surprised when i went up there and the store was scheduled to open in a month and <laughs> nothing was built to go <laughs> and nobody was hired Jeez, and um, yeah, and then my my superior time. who was there to kind of like help me with the process, one of the partners was gone for that month. So really? it was it was scheduled to open and he was gone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We won't get too much into that. No. <laughs> but um, I was more surprised that they hired this random guy based off of a resume to literally spearhead opening the biggest restaurant in Western Canada and so, do all the hiring and like who, yeah. I could have been an axe murder man like you know what I mean <laughs> yeah that's yeah. a lot of money at stake so it's well it felt uh, good that the trust was there um but it was overwhelming and learned a lot so yeah mm-hmm. it's lucky for them that they got you thank you not someone else <laughs> who knows axe who knows yeah <laughs> yeah but built some really great relationships up there um and people that I still still talk to to this day so that's if I can take that away, that's, that's huge as well. And for me, building that yeah. network and having access to that is, is you guys have seen it. Yeah. So valuable, as, like as an asset for the rest of our lives. 
Yeah, absolutely. I hope those relationships Definitely. continue. So yep. glad to be back here though. Glad yeah. to be back. Like you say, for your family, like you, cause your, uh, your girlfriend at the time was up with you as well, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so you brought your girlfriend up there and your brother and mm-hmm. so you guys all decided it's time to come back to Calgary. It was like, you know, my brother had his girlfriend back in Calgary finishing school. So like props to him for that. And then her, that's very, very challenging. Adam, you know what, like the distance component to the relationships look like. I watched yep. that process with you, you yep. know, and, and it's not something that I you know, recommend would recommend or want to ever <laughs> experience, but you guys, you know, you got to do it. You got to do it. Yep. And yeah. It's, it's uh, doable. It's just yeah. not at all fun. Yeah, right. but it's it's very doable. It's yeah. just, yeah, because I could have chose to stay in BC when Chelsea was just doing her internship in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. but I was like, I don't want to go through no, <laughs> another well, year of. Doesn't matter where I live at this point. Long distance. It's like yeah. this is the most important thing. So definitely, yeah, that's right. Yeah, long distance is one of those. my parents actually did long distance for like what was it? Four, sorry, two and a half years. They Jeez. did long distance. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When? Like how early? When they were married, or before? Before they were married. Yeah. Yeah. So they, um, my mom was still in school. My dad got an opportunity in Edmonton. They grew up in Winnipeg, Ew. and my dad had an opportunity. <laughs> well, I've got a lot. Like I know you don't like Winnipeg. I've got lots of family out there. So like I, I, I love yeah, yeah, Winnipeg. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of become a joke at this point. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, like heard in the uh, previous podcasts, I was like, well, there's actually. Some pretty good stuff out there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, like there's the food out there is incredible. And, yeah, that's how I've the, heard actually, yeah. And the music scene is right up there with Vancouver, but it's so it's such a small population that uh, it's, it's hard to get noticed, but the mm-hmm. music that comes out of Winnipeg is just... Yeah, shout out Propagandi. Yeah, and uh, and my, uh, I guess, cousin-in-law's band, but the Bros Landreth are out of Winnipeg too. And they're, cool. Yeah. And, anyways, um, oh, where was I going with this? We're oh, talking about long distance. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so my parents, uh, my dad had an opportunity in Edmonton to move out, and so my mom was still in school, so my dad moved out here. My dad said he spent like 200 bucks a month on long distance to talk to my mom every day. Wow. Totally. Yeah, a month. Yeah. And so like that was how they handled their long distance at the time. They saw each other six times over those two years. Oh, yeah. And because like at the time, the world was a lot harder to, to ex- connect. To access, and, yeah. Yeah. Like, right. And I was so. just going to say like, yeah, when Chelsea and I did long distance, like we had FaceTime. Yeah. That yeah. We did like every night and that made it. That makes it a little bit easier. Totally. And that's almost free. Mm. Right. Like pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so uh, so, anyways, my parents obviously uh, they got married and they're still married, and so like it obviously worked for them. But uh, yeah. I can't imagine starting a relationship like that now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially now, like they, that would be so challenging because now, there you you have so much access to people mm-hmm. that yeah. when faced with adversity, Tinder, yeah. a lot of people <laughs> could just turn yep. turn around and well, well, there you go, right? But they had a, they had a, a big decision to make. Kyle podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Song Productions. Phoenix Song Productions is an AV system provider and integrator specializing in live sound production and recording. Phoenix Song Productions also offers technical consultations, permanent installations, and rentals. Phoenix Song's newest offerings include live streaming consultations, on-site audio and video recording, as well as technical and creative education. Check our website at www.phoenixsongproductions.com for the next education or entertainment event. Follow us on social media. Check the show notes below for links to our website and all of our social pages. I want to I want to change gears a little bit. Sure. To something a little to something 
heavier. Yeah, let's dig. Because you did mention um, coming back from yep. Fort Mac, and this is part of that reason. I the think. biggest reason, I'd say. The biggest reason. Yeah. Um, and that was the very sudden passing right. of your now fiance, not fiance at the time. Well, one day in. One day in. That's right. Right. Yeah. right. That was yeah. that quick. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll let you go into that a little bit. Of course. But, bas- but basically, while Spencer was out in Fort Mac, he had just proposed to his girlfriend. We were on our, you know, it was we were on our like summer vacation. Yeah, coming back yeah. to Calgary. <clears throat> you and know, then, came back to Calgary. We had that incredible concert, like on my birthday. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, went camping and then, you know, went went to uh, the Nordic spas up in Kananaskis, and that's where. That's why I popped the question. It was all part of the, the pl- master plan, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it was perfect. It was, it was so, so perfect. And um, yeah. And, and then technically it was two days after that we like found out. And then life throws a wrench in those yep. plans. Yep. So, so on that note, he did know we got engaged. I had his blessing. Nice. And his congratulations. Wow. So that was... That's important, a great gift. important for, a yeah. for everyone. Yeah, yeah, really, really important. Especially in hindsight, that must yeah. be yeah. a lot. So we, um, you know, and you know, when you think about how to like handle these situations, it's like I don't have answers in terms of how how you go about coping with this. No one does. Uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. we never actually mentioned uh, what happened. So for our listeners, can you? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's okay. I think uh, there was just a miscommunication. There. Um. Yeah, yeah, sudden sudden passing of of my now fiance's father. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, while we were up in Fort Mac, like you said, just on our vacation. So that yeah, like you said, I'm not through wrenching things, and it was uh, we've all dealt with loss before. And that specifically felt like one of those where it was just like so out of the blue. Like, like, yeah. like the same as like someone like dying in a car accident kind of thing. Like yeah. Just like, and like I said, like that's happened several times. Yeah. But it's not like you prepare for that or get like, that was a whole different ballgame because now the most challenging part was trying to figure out the grieving process for yourself. Right. Yeah. And how do you figure this out? But also yeah. in these moments, anytime. You know, I'm just—I'm the type of person that I want to—I want to. If something's wrong, I want to fix things, like solve it right away. That's not always the way to go about things, but it's so hard to be in a position where you can't fix mm-hmm. something yes. where some a loved one is so hurt. You know what I mean? And your only concern is to hope is to look out for them. Yeah. And yeah, that was that was. Oof. An incredible, like incredibly challenging experience, and uh, that's why I say props to props to her for. You know, we did our we we spent time in Calgary, but she came back to Fort McMurray, and we still worked for the next four months. Yeah, yeah. Until we just like the variables kind of added up, and we're like, okay, you got to go back. Yeah, it's time. Yeah. yeah. No, one like like you say, you never expect someone to pass, but uh, with the challenge that you're going through of, of trying to support d as well as having your own grieving process mm-hmm. you were also in celebration mode for your for your engagement like, like yeah what a what a, what a 
as a cliche like a roller coaster of emotions but like <laughs> seriously yeah like literally yeah from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows yeah yeah i know especially for like i don't want to speak on behalf of d mm -hmm. especially for her like i think especially women they dream of like the day they get engaged both of those events of their... were more significant for her than they were for me you know yeah yeah and they have yeah. within days of each other yeah so yeah. i can't even imagine how that mm -hmm. must have felt just like the high of being engaged you know so. i enjoyed i enjoyed the high of the preparation and knowing and planning it out yeah. and the process <laughs> that was like and, me too you yeah. know what i mean that was that was i think for me right where i got a lot of the joy yeah um and like i said everything was perfect it worked out really really well nice <clears throat> but yeah i don't even know how to respond to that kind of roller coaster of emotions like that's just something else man something mm -hmm. else you um so we spoke to Royden recently on our mm -hmm. podcast. And we talked about uh, um, uh, Trent and Zane. Zane, thank you. Um, and you were friends with them as well. Like, how, mm -hmm. how did that timing work out? Um, or where where was the timing in relation to this? Like, did you have three deaths in the same year? Um, tragic deaths. Or was it was. <sighs> well, Trent and Zane were a year before. Okay. I believe. Okay. Not that it makes it better. I was just curious. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there was a span of about like Trent, five, Trent, six years Trent where I had. Was, uh, Trent was uh, 2018. And Zane yeah. was six months after, but in 2019. Right. No, Zane was, was before. And this is why oh, right. that's, part of the, that that's part of the challenging thing was we were so concerned about Trent. And my relationship with Zane was taking off due in part to the frequent meetups that we'd have and the conversations that we would have trying to support our friend our mutual yeah. friend and that's how we had this incredible friendship and we were the thing that sticks out to me is and you know i don't know how blunt we want to be on this podcast but there was a real conversation between the three of us um regarding trans health and we we all had to say to each other like we have to be prepared yeah. for something here and then a week later Zane died. So that just yeah throws everything through a loop. Yeah, yeah. So wild, eh? Yeah, that is wild. Wild. I mean, <laughs> that's one word for it. Yeah. I mean, there was can't, you can't you can't really put a word on. No, no. That's the thing. Like you can't describe stuff. it. They're all so it's all so different, but. It's like the strength of the people that were around me and the relationships that we built coming out of those horrible, horrible circumstances are some of the most treasured, cherished things in my life right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I look at like, I look at Dee and the respect I have for her and her family and her mother and her sister and how that like just took it into high gear. And my whole perspective on things has changed wow. since then. So. Yeah, I, I was almost humbled by, by their strength and then humbled by the fact, you know, Royden and I have an incredible, incredible relationship now. And it's unfortunate, but we joke about it being born out of tragedy mm -hmm. because we were both right there in the midst of all this happening. And, uh, and had to figure out how to cope and deal with it. And well, that's one thing I've been able to take away from that is my relationship with Red mm -hmm. too. 
Mm. Exactly. Through that, we, him and I, have grown a lot closer. Yeah. Which has been great, especially yeah. living in separate cities. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah, the respect I have for yeah. him as well is just, and uh, of course, his story with him and his fiance. Yeah, we um, went into that. Is obviously that. yeah, <laughs> like it's 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 quite a cool. It sounds weird to say it, but it's it's quite a unique dynamic that yeah. the four of us now share together. Totally, that is something so so circumstantial and so special that like, well, it, you know what I mean? It was so raw. Oh and then yeah, you build such a great foundation from that rawness, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so many relationships end up being surface level because everyone's got to put on a show for lack of a better term, but like yeah. you guys going through tragedy together, basically you, you've got no time for the show. You've got no, no. time for the inhibitions. You're, nope. ba- you're as raw as it gets. And so you get to see the yep. true selves before you build a relationship, yep. which is usually is the opposite of how most relationships are built. Right? Oh yeah. So, yeah. And that makes things so, so legitimate, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah. people don't get that opportunity to humble themselves enough to be just completely exposed and mm-hmm. vulnerable with those emotions totally and then then to share that with somebody else is yeah yeah, yeah. it's an important thing to take away something like that and mm-hmm. i think like hopefully people that are listening can kind of because everyone's going through something and i think everyone's experienced some type of death in some mm-hmm. way in their life mm-hmm. i think it's just an interesting kind of learning or perspective on things that like when stuff like that happens when death happens and like obviously it's tragic and in that moment that's all you're thinking about but knowing that some like really beautiful things can come out of that absolutely whether it's relationships or it's not wrong to acknowledge that right no no not at all it's just yeah. that, I, that could be something that could maybe help a lot of people yeah people cope yeah like you say relationships or personal growth or or like just tools for yourself to handle things in the future that mm. may be less yeah. dramatic but can be handled healthier. It's a and that's, yeah. silver lining in yeah, black cloud. Some would say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You might say. <laughs> it's um, you know, on that note too, that's the one question I get a lot because even before Zane and and Trent and and uh Dee's father Rob, there was quite a bit of similar events that had happened with with like friends of mine in the years before that as well. And so people are like wow you know you've now experienced this several times all in different contexts yeah what what's your coping mechanism and i don't have an answer oh all i know is that there's takeaways takeaways from it right. in the mm-hmm. sense that there's there's good and bad takeaways the good takeaway is that uh, you realize how fragile things are and how sudden things are most of these incidents were sudden so being exposed to that you have a gratefulness mm-hmm on the flip side, I think that what that has also done is has helped, unfortunately, develop one of my poorer qualities or emotional qualities, which is guilt. That's my worst. I, there's so much guilt that's carried, you know what I mean, where, from all these circumstances. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if it's, a, if it's a, like a sociological thing that happened because of what responding to what happened around me or if it's just, a, it's just how I am. But that's the one thing that I have to be able to overcome. Mm. Nothing that I do, you know, my, my grandmother, unfortunately, just recently passed away. And despite doing everything that you can do to make that time count, 
I still will feel terrible, and I know that I will feel terrible in the future like with enough, yeah. things. So I'm terrified of 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 more of these things to happen because whatever I do now, mm-hmm. I'm still gonna feel guilty mm-hmm. that it wasn't enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's tough. Yeah. I yeah. Wouldn't. I don't know how to deal with that. It's a lot to bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. You guys, you've had similar experiences. I don't know what you what you guys have. Maybe. I think think for me, like the biggest takeaway I've I've taken from loss in my life is that when I'm with people, I devote like my full attention to them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm a very busy person, and so I find it hard to uh, see everyone I want to all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's by choice. But when I am with people, I devote like all my attention to them, and I make sure that the time with them is valuable. And I mm-hmm. try not to. I, well, I try to give them my authentic self for for one. And this is all coming like my older wise age but like yeah, I try yeah. to give my authentic self so I get the authentic self back yeah. and I find that all my relationships with people even if I see people only once a year once every two years um, I'd be able to pick off pick up right where I left off and so I basically just try to give my best self to everybody Yeah, and that for me alleviates guilt when I do lose people uh, because I believe I've done the best I can yeah. every, every experience I've had with people have ended positively even if there's like disc disagreements and whatever i, I try to make sure that everything is yeah po- you, you maximized on the value of that time that's right that person and yeah, yeah that's 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 big yeah and that, and that works for me obviously it doesn't work for everybody but mm-hmm. uh that's just what i take away from the loss i've experienced through life and then also just making sure that uh like a lot of the loss i've experienced has been mental health related or, or suicide related mm-hmm. and so the other spin on that is that when I am with people, I try to make sure I'm giving them value and pumping them up and like being a light in their yep. world. And like, cause I don't want to be someone that contributed to the loss of someone, you know? Yeah. So, oh yeah. Yeah. That's kind of scary. And you do do yeah. that. Oh, thank you. For sure. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's something I feel like I'm not good at um, in, in, the, in the opposite of you. Like, cause I've, I've mentioned many times on this podcast and to Kyle outside of this is that like, the best part that's come out of this podcast besides the people we get to talk to is that Kyle and I have grown closer. Yeah. You're, you're... And it's just been like an outlet to mm-hmm. like Kyle's shared a bunch of things that, that he's maybe not been comfortable with and I've done the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like when you, it's... obviously that's like organic, the relationship, but when you apply a little bit of structure, you're like, totally. Cause like yeah. since, since graduating from high school and like, just like even, yours and mine's relationship mm-hmm. since I've moved yeah, and mine and Kyle's relationship. Like I think we all have a mutual understanding that like life happens and mm-hmm. sometimes we'll go like a month or, so, or two without talking to each other, like oh, yeah. even without a text kind of thing. Yeah. But we always like keep connecting. Yeah. And that's been one of the, the best things about starting the, the podcast is that like, since we've started, like Kyle mm-hmm. and talked a couple times a week. Yeah. And it's hard not to catch up now. I know. So we can save it for the podcast. I know. <laughs> so like, like, part of it has been like, yeah, like ninety-five uh, percent of our conversations have been while we're recording. Yeah. But it's also been just like a really cool outlet that way. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you talk about how you can pick up right where you left off mm-hmm. naturally, right? But I remember Adam. There was a time where you, where we obviously like before we lived together and when we lived together. There was like two, three years. I, I can pretty much say with confidence, I spent almost every night with Adam in some. Either was <laughs> yeah. sitting in a car or playing pool or yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, catching up after work and and then him moving. That was like whoa! Like that was 
to like I didn't realize it until that happened how much my life actually changed because I'm like my whole schedule's different mm. you know what I mean but like, we still facilitated the the conversation and yeah and we just we just found ways to maneuver around and do the essentially the same things right mm-hmm. yeah well I just felt like like piggybacking off what Kyle was just saying about how he's like really trying to be intentional with the time he spends yeah. with people I feel like that's something since I moved that I haven't been the greatest at mm. but I want to get better that's why this podcast has been so good because I feel like that like especially with you two yeah um like I have like a lot of like acquaintances and friends yeah. um but like especially with you with you two specifically it's like there could definitely I feel like there could have been more intentionality with like staying in touch and like even though but it was kind of the same thing like even if we did go a couple months or something we're talking about like mm-hmm. and when we would actually see each other in person like once a year um and well in this case thanks to covid it's been two years actually yeah. since yeah. we've seen each other <laughs> yeah and that's briefly, not briefly earlier our year. fault but yeah. um but like whenever we did see each other it's like we didn't miss a beat mm-hmm. but i still sometimes i'm like there's there's just like those longer periods of time where we didn't you know but i think that might be just life too a little bit it is it is a we we all know that like that's why it's why it's so easy here you know what i mean it's easy to get back into the swing of things because we all respect each other in our lives so but i can tell you you've been conscious of that for a while now like even if it's like watching your social media presence that sounds weird (laughs) but he is i was was telling this to my brother the other day i'm like because he's like i really want to see Adam again. Yeah. You know? Well, he's just he's good dudes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um we we're, we're talking like, yeah, like I think <laughs> people from 10 years ago that I know you haven't seen in 10 years, you'll still take the time to write a really nice happy birthday post or something for them. You know totally. what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. And I see you do it more than anybody else. So, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's conscious or not, but you you do I mean, a good job. Well, partly, you do a good like, job. I know, like I know that like it sounds so stupid, but like I know that like when it's my birthday and like you see certain messages on your Facebook of like happy birthday and like yeah. the people that yeah like you haven't talked to in years mm-hmm. take the time to write your message like feels good. I, I appreciate that. Yep. I'm not a big like birthday celebrator, but I appreciate no, no. that they take the time to to do that, yep. even if we're never going to talk again. And you appreciate staying but, connected and yeah, yeah. Totally. Cool. So uh, before we move on, I just wanted to take a step back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you said that one of the things that came out of all this loss for you, um, we, we kind of talked a bit about the guilt and how to overcome that. Stuff, yeah. Um, which you feel is, uh, is a negative thing that you're working on. Mm-hmm. What are some positives that have come out of that whole experience for you that, uh, that, you're really, that you really celebrate? Hmm. You know, we talked about like the positives being um, – like having relationships with people that you never would have realized you would have like having right. connections and suffering through things with people yeah is in a weird way a very 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 elevating experience oh yeah and okay. because the end result of of being through all that with these people is a very very special unique relationship that mm. that's uh can't be can't be created in any other fashion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So the the positives coming out of it would be the relationships, I think, um, mm-hmm. and 
that kind of connection. Okay. But then also being ac- having access to a network where you can take and learn ways to cope. Right. You know what I mean? That you didn't have before. So yep. it's different for everybody. But um, I think that there's, m- emotionally speaking, everyone's kind of terrified of death in a certain way. Some people are more comfortable with the thought of it. Some people, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm lucky that <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky that I'm, I'm aware of how vulnerable life is right now mm-hmm. at an early, at an earlier age, I would say, you know, yeah. for some people it takes a long time to, to experience that. And I just have an appreciation and outlook uh, that I would have never had before for, the lack of permanence that is life you know what i mean yeah and how fast things can change so Definitely. talk about time value right yeah okay totally uh, totally in line with that yeah yeah no that's good I was, I was gonna poke you a little harder to go more internal than relationships outside of you but I yeah i mean appreciation for life and the appreciation for time is, i have a hard time i have a hard time looking at that it, it's hard so it's, it's that's it's, why i was gonna push you yeah and that's never <laughs> been my strong suit to be honest yeah. people are better at telling me you know <laughs> what i'm good in, and uh and and some positives and negatives in the way that I react to that, but yeah. I really, yeah, I, I can't pinpoint much more than that other than the fact that I just understand that there's sometimes you don't have control. Yeah. Right. And we talk about yeah. like internally being somebody who you guys have experienced it. It when I want, when I'm obsessed with something and I want control. control exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been like a slap in the face in terms of you, you can't, it's impossible. Right. And so I apply that now in other, in other aspects of life and cool. it's really helped me ease up in many ways. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. That, that's really, amazing. if that helps, it makes sense, I guess, but it makes, makes a lot of sense. Okay. Perfect sense. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I'm discovering so much about myself. <laughs> that's what we do here on the Adam <laughs> yeah, and Kyle yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. We help people discover. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Something else. Eh? But no, like in all seriousness, that is like part of, what we wanted to accomplish mm-hmm. on this podcast besides like doing our fun like music episodes yeah. and stuff when we when we finally got the opportunity to like start having guests on that's kind of exactly what we're looking for yeah. with guests like we're obviously not therapizers no. and professionals <laughs> yeah. in any sense but we we think it's <laughs> we um, don't apply therapy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's this this is this is exactly like exactly yeah. what we hope to get out of some of our guests is like that's why we kind of ask them mm-hmm. some of the deeper questions so that yeah. they can kind of uh look, look, look inward a little bit and, yeah. and and maybe learn from it and then hopefully totally. some other people that are going through similar things can find yeah without that, without so. being put in that kind of position or that kind of structure that's right Yep. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Finding good the stuff. extraordinary in the ordinary. Come hey, on. <laughs> that's a good tagline. We should use that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have one more question. Okay. Uh, I don't know if Kyle, you have any more questions. I, I, I we have, we have notes here. I, I have a question I was going to ask my second last one, mm-hmm. but just how the conversation's flowing, I think I'm going to just okay. skip that. Sure. Yeah. If that's yeah. fine with you. Um, because I do want to end on, because uh, we've talked a lot about like U and D and yeah. like the the harder times mm-hmm. with that, and the highs and lows, and then, um, but you are getting married soon. 
Yeah. And part of the reason why I wanted to ask I this hope. too is because you know, <laughs> See? unless there's another pandemic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't even know anymore, man. Do you have uh, do you have plans set up for your wedding? Yeah, September twenty first, twenty twenty two. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. Yeah. More info to come. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you guys had a, a, a yeah, yeah. set yet. So definitely, yeah, good. definitely. Yeah. Are Kyle and I invited? Um <laughs> do you cater? <laughs> I can. Yeah. <laughs> I can serve. Yeah. Kyle and I will be at the head table with microphones set up. We'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be doing a we'll live broadcast podcast. live your entire wedding. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. No. Um but part of the reason why I wanted to ask this was because the three of us um did a thing for my bachelor party mm-hmm. um before I was getting married. And we all went skydiving together because Kyle and I made a pact when we were young that Yeah. If you're if ready was, to get married. If I was ready to get married, I was ready to face my biggest fear, which is heights. So mm-hmm. we all went skydiving. That was the best. It was so fun. It was a blast. That was actually a life changing experience for me. Yeah. But we can get into that. I want to hear your yeah. question. Really? But yeah, definitely life changing. I still have the video of Kyle landing. I thought oh, he was for that, sure going to break his That wasn't landing. Legs. That was falling with style. Falling with style. Yeah, yeah. Falling without style. Yeah. 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 Legs up. <laughs> well, fuck. Now we're here. I'm now. I'm curious. Why was that life changing for you? Before I ask this question. Uh, so I actually also have a fear of heights. Mm-hmm. Um, but like on, on that plane, it wasn't quite as debilitating. Like I, I was, I was willing to jump uh, because I was willing to face the fear. But up until the point of actually jumping out of the plane. I was absolutely terrified. Oh mm-hmm. my god, me too. Yeah, like I, I, I was. <laughs> that was like a... that was where I got most of my fun. Oh, was it? <laughs> was watching. I was watching Adam. Yeah, <laughs> watching too. both of you. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure we were. And both the drive there, everyone the trying to be cool. Yeah, everyone was like, like "No, it's coming." Talking. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the entire time I was sitting in the back seat when, like, when it was like looking like it was too cloudy, I was like, "Please, for the love of God." Yeah, <laughs> it's a little just, cold, guys. Just, <laughs> just make it not happen. Yeah, because they had they made us wait, right? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Hey, sorry, go on, Kyle. No, that's okay. So I was absolutely terrified right up until up until the edge of the plane, and and part of the reason I was excited about skydiving is there's a, a Will Smith um, uh, speech. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so there's a Will Smith speech that uh, that he, he says, uh, or he basically uses skydiving as an analogy for the best things in life being on the other side of fear, mm-hmm. and that fear is okay, courage is being afraid but doing it anyways. Yep. Right, and and those things kind of always stuck with me, and so when we had the opportunity to go skydiving, I was very excited about that like getting to feel that but it did not stop the the terrifying moments up until that threshold Mm -hmm. Uh when we jumped out of the plane and free falling it was like pure bliss like i've never experienced anything like that in my life like so peaceful and such a huge rush and like i've never been so excited that i let out like a whoop like on seriously on 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 uh unprovoked but that was like just it came out of me and i was like excited and like screaming and like it was it was just one of the most incredible experiences of my life and it really reinforced the fact that I could be afraid of things and have so much benefits on the other side if I just push through totally hmm. and so that like life changing like unrecognized you had no idea how that that was even a way that you could feel until it happened and you're exactly. like this is unreal yeah and it was on the other side of a, of a, a being scared of heights yeah and that was the first thing you both said when you landed yeah, was that was like the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, it was because yeah. I was the same as Kyle, like going up. I know, yeah, terrified because I remember, I remember specifically the worst moment for me because we jumped from thirteen thousand, eighteen thousand, oh eighteen thousand. Yeah, we could see Calgary from Ennis. Oh, that's right. That was, were... uh, yeah, that right. was that and was high. So I remember when we were going up, and the... I asked them to go 
a little higher. Yeah. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. And then I asked her to drop her, like the person I was with tandem with. I was like, can you drop the shoot just a little, a little lower? <laughs> You're so crazy. Maximize here. You're I mean, crazy. thinking back on it, like that was awesome. Because we free fell for like two minutes, a minute and a half. A minute and a half, I think was, yeah. yeah no, that's yeah. a lot. But yeah, so when we were we, when we were making the ascent, because like we're we're at this point strapped into whoever was behind us, yeah, to your tandem diver, and he has the altimeter on his on his <clears throat> wrist there. And I remember we were climbing up, and I didn't I didn't look out the window the entire time because I was like, "There's no way." So we're climbing up, and I look out the window, and I'm just like, "Holy shit, <laughs> that is so high!" Human and he goes, supposed to do this," and he goes, "Yeah." We have fifteen thousand more feet to go. Before we just took off. I was just like, no. I was like, I'm not doing this. That was the worst moment. You don't have me. the video of you jumping out on my Instagram, still, hey? I do. Yeah, that's um, such a good video. Yeah, and so like, well, you could see like I was just like, no. <laughs> yeah. But then exactly like Kyle, like the the second I was out of that plane, yeah. I was like, this is absolutely incredible yeah this is crazy as and soon as you like, see the bottom of the plane it's oh and that <laughs> whole float down like the free falling is really cool but then as soon as the the shoot comes out and that whole float down that takes a long time you just see everything it's and, so and expansive yeah. it's just like i just couldn't stop smiling i was like this is great insane that reminds me of the first time I, the adrenaline oh yeah, yeah. and then just like the feeling after of like we just did that together yeah you know what i mean yeah it reminds me of a no, we like we all hugged after when Kyle face planted. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. Yeah. yeah, super cool. But when when I went for the first time, um, one of the people I was with, shortly after jumping out of the plane, passed out. Oh, jeez. You know, so he had the tandem diver obviously as well. But his whole like he came to like right as they were coming to the ground. Oh, so he has no memory like yeah that would be just freaky can you imagine waking up like (laughs) no i can't pass out again like yeah um, yeah incredible incredible experience and i'm so glad that you guys like did that Mm -hmm. you know yeah kyle will you do it again when you get married 100 percent. i gotta lose like a little bit of weight though because i'm was on borderline at that time (laughs) (laughs) and then covid 20 happened so yeah yeah (laughs) That'd be the COVID aren't we, aren't we all? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. I know you and I were talking about it. Yeah. Like right away. Well, I was supposed after. to. Yeah. And I was supposed to do it for my brother's wedding too, but it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So next time we do it, my brother's definitely coming because he wants to do it really badly too. Great. Yeah. Just maybe nicer than Red Deer this time. Yeah. There's Even a... though that did make me appreciate Red Deer. Like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. I've seen the Red Deer <laughs> oh, River, yeah, so. yeah. But like I'd love and to view do it from in the like top of the world. Hawaii or something like. Well, even in BC, like Malakwa Flats, there's a um, there's a skydiving place there. All, basically, all the flats through the mountains have skydiving. Yeah, golden. Yeah, like another there. excuse for y'all, you both you to come out. To I don't. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's um, take advantage. Okay, so all that to say. Yep. I'm just gonna ask you these three questions in a row, and you can just go on a rant. Okay. So that so that the skydiving for me was part of like my. I mean, obviously, I proposed before, so I felt like I was ready to get married yep. before the skydiving. Otherwise, that'd be an issue. Um, but, but, yeah, he didn't. He didn't jump. So yeah, yeah sorry. You're, yeah, you're not getting married now. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, so for you personally, mm-hmm. um, how do you feel that you were ready for marriage? Like, was there a specific moment or like lead up to a moment, and then knowing that you're getting married? Uh, within the next year fingers crossed yep what is it that you're looking forward to most about marriage and what is there something about marriage that 
scares you or frightens you? Um, yeah, so I guess we'll start with like what you you asked kind of like what the I know you're ready. How I knew? How you knew you're ready. Yeah. I've always been like an extremely conservative decision maker. Very risk averse. Take a long time to make big decisions, right? Um and that applies in the same in the same fashion. So for me it was never like a moment specifically. Right. It was like a reflection of what we'd all been through and how long and what we've built and the people that we are now are a direct reflection of that relationship. So that reflection to me and the acknowledgement of, of the whole journey, because we've been now together like eight years almost you and D. in total. Yeah. yeah. So I remember you think you about that to her at, at school, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's just like, it's, it's like, there wasn't like a specific click moment. It was just, I, I was in a place and a time where it was, it was the perfect timing yep. and I had to do it. You know what I mean? Man, it came to me slowly, but surely, but you know, props to her patience, man. <laughs> Same with Chelsea. Yeah. I, can, I couldn't do it, man. But, uh, yeah, so that's huge. And, uh, and, she must know and you for well, me to, yeah, she's like, yeah. he'll get there. <laughs> 10 years. But for me, that was a big moment. And when I do actually come to a point where I make that decision, that's a huge, huge moment for me. So um, it was, it was acknowledgement mm. of everything mm. instead okay. of one single moment. Yep. Yeah. And then on the note of what am I looking forward to? What am I scared of? Tax savings. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And two incomes is very nice. Yes, it is. But it's it's interesting. It's like what am I like? And a lot of people when they get married, they're still pretty fresh in the relationship. I mean, relatively speaking, I think you had been with Chelsea for how long? Two years when you yeah, officially got married. You know what I mean? Um, some people much sooner than that, even. So for them, like to to them, marriage is like this. Some like that event is a symbolic gesture and a statement to the world of we're now one unit moving forward right, right. Yeah. it's interesting because i already have that mentality you know because you've been living with her for a while yeah like in and that's the thing i think the thing that i look forward to most is just having these like big plans for the future mm-hmm. and having that taken care of mm-hmm. and i know it's i think it's it's the, the the event and the gesture is as it is often it's for some people, a bigger, it's a bigger, it might be a bigger deal for her. You know what I mean? So to me, it's more so like I'm looking forward to fulfilling what I need to do to have the pleasure of moving forward with this person. Right. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, like you say, it might be a more uh, um, impactful for her as you've already got that mentality. But the event is, itself, it, yeah. like. But yeah. the event itself is very much a symbolic gesture. Like, I am promising to you that you are a part of my life. Exactly. Going forward. <laughs> and, and to me, to like everyone around you, that's yeah. what I was going to say. I mean, like, you know, at your wedding, being part of that, obviously you guys know you'll be part of like hugely significant part of that as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, it actually, for me, it's beyond just you and that other, the person you're marrying. It's like, you now have the best of the best around you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the people who have been there the whole time, 
to like share that actual experience with. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Really looking forward to that. Yeah. What am I scared of? Again, nothing specific to the title of marriage, but yeah. at the end of the day, I think it's, it's more so like knowing that there will be adversity in the future, mm-hmm. but feeling now more prepared than ever to take yeah. that on. Yeah. Officially. You know what I mean? So uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be an adventure. And I mean, the relationship aspect of it is like the, or the work aspect of it, I would say doesn't change too much right um it's just my experience like yeah the 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 work that you put into your relationship with her now like especially because you're already living together and Mm -hmm. like you've for a while now yeah dealt with those challenges and stuff like that the yeah when you like actually like get married and i'm assuming like you'll be in a house on your own now instead of with your brother i mean that's that's Eventually. the plan you know that, that again like, who knows like yeah. i don't even try to forecast anymore yeah no. that like relationship work aspect doesn't really change too much mm-hmm. like it's still like something you have to pay attention to every day and right and be intentional with yeah but was there a shift for you after the day at all in what way in in terms of how you operate together in terms of how you not really it was just more so like you were saying like that future planning Mm -hmm. like leading up to getting married like you're planning more so for like the actual day and like a little bit planning of like where you're gonna live Mm -hmm. and then i guess the main shift would have been like once we were officially married in in our house together then it was more like yeah just like looking towards the future of like things we want to do and like now that we're married, like she can focus on school and I can work full time. And now that yeah. she's done school and she can work full time, now I can focus on my career. And like, so it's like about like, like legitimizing that. those variables and being able to actually, yeah, actually, actually jump into those mm-hmm. that yep. future. Cool. Very cool. Can you believe it? I've been married for five years. This That's October. insane to me, man. <laughs> Isn't it? It feels like That's it was just actually a year ago or two years ago. Look, we could have a whole podcast just down that trip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. That was an awesome but yeah. crazy trip. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have any questions for us? Yeah. Do you have any questions for us before we wrap up? I mean, up yeah. Like, I don't know. The one thing that I've really been thinking about lately, and it's a question that comes up a lot with, with um, people that I work with and um, – as I look forward to some big changes in the future, um, I like to derive inspiration from others. Hmm. But I want to know what, like, it's such a vague question, but what, what inspires both of you in terms of are you a self-automated inspirer? Do you find inspiration in yourself? You know, is it music? Is it the thoughts of the future? Like, what is it that actually gets you guys? Because you're both very committed to what you, mm-hmm. what you set your minds to. Yeah. Like, right now, you know, everything that you guys do, you do in full. Mm-hmm. Okay? And yeah. I, I appreciate that, and I respect that a lot. So I'm, where does that come from? How do you force, like, how do you inspire yourself to do that? I, do you want me to go first? Go ahead. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely get inspiration from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am very careful about who I take my inspiration from. Uh-huh. Right. So like I don't take inspiration from anybody and I don't take advice from anybody. Mm-hmm. I only take advice from people 
who have success in the areas that they're giving advice in before I take that advice to heart. I'd, yeah, oh, that right? makes sense. Yeah. Which, but a lot of people don't legitimize that. They'll take yeah. advice from their aunt just because their aunt says this. They're, they're confident like, in how they say it. Yeah, yeah exactly. But unless they've got success in it, like there's even stuff like, uh, I know my parents listen to this podcast, but there's stuff my parents will tell me that I won't accept because they don't have success in those mm-hmm. areas, right? And, mm. and and I definitely listen and I contribute to the conversation and it's just something that internally, like I just choose not to yeah. accept, right? And, but uh, so basically I take inspiration from different areas of life uh, from like a music standpoint um, when I'm playing music and, and that sort of stuff, I take inspiration from music mm-hmm. and, and success in music. Uh, entrepreneurially, I take all my inspiration from uh, successful entrepreneurs already, and mm-hmm. whether that's through books or through YouTube or through talks or whatever. Um, and uh, I guess from a, a relationship standpoint, I actually take my inspiration from people like Adam and Chelsea and inspiration from mm-hmm. my brother and Bree and you and D, like people that have successful relationships already, because I have yet to have a relationship that I'm aiming for. <laughs> and so I take yeah. inspiration from people that have what I'm aiming for. And, Absolutely, and, and that's kind of how I approach life. Yeah, like you talk about, like I, I relate with the risk aversion. You yeah, know? <laughs> like very careful yeah. with where you take this from. Yeah, right? yeah. But it just means so much more. It's so much more valuable when mm-hmm. you you actually accept that, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Really, that's cool. I'm pretty much the same. I just I take inspiration from other people and other outlets, mm-hmm. and like you, you and I, you know from like you and I talking and like the kind of, the kind of one day overall dream of like yeah. running a restaurant together, yeah. Um, at some point, and so just like I take a lot of inspiration from people that are very independent and have kind of like worked their way from the bottom to the top essentially, mm-hmm. and just like I mean, they're we're in that journey right now, right? Yeah, now. exactly, and so like. Just seeing, like, you know, this is just like a cheesy, easy answer, but like people like my wife and has how she's done like eleven years of post secondary now, mm-hmm. and she's finally like, like so close to being done, and then she doesn't have to go to school ever again. Just seeing the amount of work she's put into that, yeah, and the payoff that it's gonna have, um, and then yeah, just like that, just seeing people and how independent they can be because i i've i'm trying i try and be like as independent as possible <laughs> and like and like through restaurants i've worked from from the bottom and <clears throat> gone up to the top yeah too and so um yeah seeing that really helps and then yeah just like other multimedia yeah outlets with like podcasts and stuff like that and just like mm-hmm. watching podcasts. watching certain chefs yeah. and like Jamba Trucci. Just seeing how they can do that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, like even someone like Gordon Ramsay actually. Yeah. And just like the amount of, of stuff he's he's been able to accomplish. And so it's like you obviously have a huge respect for and are inspired by like proof of commitment. Yeah. You know, consistency and results. Yeah. Right? Yep. yep. Absolutely. It's good. Exactly. Yeah. And just to go back to mine, just because I like I say, I know my parents listen. 
I kind of ended up saying I don't take their advice. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I actually sit with you for the last five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, are you going to hear this? Am I going to get in shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no. It's, it's not about me getting in shit, but just out of respect to my parents. I do take a lot of advice from them. I just don't mm-hmm. take all my advice from them. Is, totally. Is, is what that caveat is. Well, yeah, that's and we, fair. I feel yeah. like that's yeah, any child. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Yeah, I, like all my life I took advice from them and they got me to where I am, obviously. But as an adult, the world is so much smaller and there's so much more available to me. So I do take yeah. advice from people with more success in certain areas. Absolutely. My parents. So. I think, yeah, like my <laughs> parents are two of the biggest inspirations 100%. in my life yeah. for wildly different reasons. Yeah. yeah. You know, which I'm lucky to have that. And, yeah. but in the same breath. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering when you're gonna stop. <laughs> in this, yeah, but yeah, but, but there's other areas you don't but take. But we don't take too. all of yeah. it exactly, yeah. and that's that's all part of the that's well, all that's part of the fun of being I, your own person. If right? I was gonna have kids, I would like. I think I would want them to, like, I can give them advice and tell them things based off of my experience, but I would want them to experience be their own things and yeah. make decisions for themselves too, and be like, exactly. If I tell them something that they don't agree with, then yeah, tell me you don't agree with it and try it, and then. Yeah, be your own person, live your own yeah. life. But even like your your parents have inspired me in in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like Kyle, you were you know, I've I've only actually been around your parents a handful of times. But I have always looked at um I know your dad's commitment to his career and what he uh what he built for himself from the ground up. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has, that stuck with me that. and the yeah. fact that um, you know, you guys as a family unit, and obviously my observations, a person's observations aren't always reality, but as a family unit, I think, I think you guys are very successful and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that's, that's really, most proud of. yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's honestly like, that's kind of rare. Mm-hmm. So it was it a is. pleasure being able, yeah. being exposed to that and, and being able to be inspired by it, you know? Cool. Yeah, yeah. And then you got people like your parents. Who, so like you're inspired by the same reason Pomodoro's pie. Pomodoro's pie. Pomodoro's yeah, yeah. Pie. I said, well, I mean, the, the, the big thing that like I took away from your dad is in many ways the same things that I take away from, from my dad, which is, to be honest, it took a long time for me to realize this, but enjoying like the little things and the simple pleasures, mm-hmm. to be honest totally. with you, and like actually yep. being okay with that. The Pomodoro's and just, pie. And just being, and just being <laughs> all right with being into what you're into and just enjoying it yeah, you know what I mean loves good wood yeah <laughs> just yeah. like the best He's, kinds of wood yeah we all know it yeah. you know but being able to actually like instead of just always looking forward to the future mm-hmm. being actually like to cherish what's going on right now your Perfect. mother you know a great relationship we both have with with Rebecca you know oh, and yeah. um, I am so blown away by how she like the people who have found a way into your life are family to her mm-hmm. and she treats them like family and just blown away by so yeah. much love by yeah. how how much love she has for yeah. for all of us so yeah, definitely if y'all are listening Special. thank you yeah. yeah yes thank you thank you to our parents yeah Huge. and the people who inspire us yep. totally so what what inspires you like you said you're kind of like asking people questions have you kind of come to terms with what inspires you i have Spencer? Yeah. i have same thing i i look at um when I'm trying to, when I have a goal, I look at the, the people around me or the resources, the people who have proven or have demonstrated that, right? Mm-hmm. And just in the coming three, four weeks, I have like seven or eight meetings with people that I've lined up. Nice. Um, because 
it's humbling to sit back and just listen. And to be honest, I feel selfish by doing having these meetings because I know that I'm the one that's going to get value out of it more than anybody. But mm-hmm. but that's what's going to take for me to be inspired, right? So uh, there's that. But I'm also very good at, at self-driven inspiration. Nice. You know what I mean? I don't need to be mm-hmm. to be confirmed all the time by people around me. If I have something in mind, again, it takes a long time for me to make decisions. But when I stick to it. I'm very good at, at keeping up with that inspiration and making myself feel good about it. Hmm. And I don't know where it comes from, but I just do it. That's cool. That's yeah. good for you. Yeah. That's, a, that's actually a good point. I, I don't do the things I do for, for praise from people around me. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, the praise feels good. And, like, yeah. it's, it's nice to have people recognize it's your nice accomplishments. Little treat. But, yep. but so much of what I do is just to be better than I was the day before. Exactly. But it's, it's mostly for me. <laughs> and I don't need, yeah. yeah oftentimes, all I need is myself to... To keep that going. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Heavy. Anything else? I think we can wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. I've got That's one more question. Good. Go for it. Place to wrap up. Kyle's got another question. Yeah. Yeah. How do you eat your Oreos? Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're talking about inspiration from the past. <laughs> um. See, I'm a. Not an anomaly, but if I could eat just the icing. <laughs> Like the mega stuff. So yeah. we'll, take those cookies off yeah. and just make a stack of icing. So what would you do with the with the cookies part then? With the cookies part? Just feed them to D. Yeah, I stuff. mean like <laughs> take advantage of their adhesive properties. Yeah. <laughs> um, to hair. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I do, the, can't go to waste. So if somebody else can get value out of that, great. But yeah. I still enjoy the cookie. I'm still going to eat the cookie, but. but an ideal world would be. Or you could sell. Just a stack I'm, of icing. I'm also, pretty Oreo, sure please do. sponsor our episode. Yeah, please. Like just the cookie part? Because just do. the cookie is delicious enough. I like the cookie, but there's, there's better cookies out there. If I want a cookie, I'll have that. But yeah, there's just something about that cream in the middle, man. I think, I think they do sell the cream, though. Like, you know how you can get icing, like pre-made the vanilla and chocolate and yeah. cream cheese icing? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've seen an Oreo bucket of icing. Well, the icing, like, yeah. like it's Whoa. Probably yeah. in the States. Yeah. That might have been like I, I'm thinking of where I saw it, but it might have been the states. Keep your eyes peeled, folks. Yeah, <laughs> we have some listeners in the states, so if anyone wants to gift us one of those. a bucket of Oreo icing, <laughs> please. Yeah. So Spencer, yeah, the 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 impression I'm getting from you is that you like to deconstruct all of your things that are supposed to be. In this <laughs> so like that's when, what I'm asking. I said I think there's something wrong with me. So, I think about it. Right? So when you go to Subway and order a sandwich, do you take it apart? Before you eat it? No. Oh, okay. No, because if maybe if it if Does anyone it's not viable. It's not viable. If <laughs> oh. it was viable and it was doable, I think maybe I would. But do you, do you strain the pulp out of your orange juice so you can eat an orange beside your juice? Mm. Why the hell would you do it? Why don't you just buy no non pulp? <laughs> because I'm just asking questions that yeah. are in line with the like eating only the ice. Yeah, I'll have to get back to you on the orange one. <laughs> okay. How do you yeah. eat a like a two or three tiered like chocolate cake with icing in the middle? Um I have respect for the layers. Okay. <laughs> you know. No, no, hold on. We're talking a cake cake, you know, with the like layers. Like traditional cake. Yeah. I'm going to get the icing and the layers all in one bite if I can. Right, you know, yeah. vertically down the, the middle. <laughs> Even if it's like right. a three, like a foot, like an 18-inch cake, can you just like have to stack it up your fork? and? Yeah, if that's what it takes. Okay. Yeah, but obviously the most desirable part for me is the uh, oversaturated icing corners. Uh, which a lot of people don't like, but I'm yeah, weird. That's my least favorite part. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. 
Um, I don't like cake icing. But we're talking about like a ice like cream, cream cake. You don't like that? Oh, you do like I it. I love cream yeah, cheese yeah. icing. I love cream cheese icing. Yeah, I don't like traditional icing. Okay, that's fine. But yeah, I actually was going to ask about ice cream cake also. Yeah, if you're out there a... and you make a cinnamon bun with like that stupid frosting, you're doing cinnamon buns wrong. Yeah. You have to have cream cheese. Icing. It has to be cream cinnamon. cheese and yeah. a little bit of butter. Yeah. Anyways, we're talking ice cream cakes now. So, yeah. um, I not, think... Not a sponsor. I think... Um, for sure, I'm, I'm, I'm quite passionate about the process when it comes to eating an ice cream cake, and that is that the <laughs> save the best for last, which is quite obviously that, like... The fudge, the fudge layer. Yeah, layer. baby! Yeah, <laughs> uh. yeah so right? I, I only take middle pieces of ice cream cake so that I can put yes. it on the side, eat the vanilla first, eat the chocolate second, eat the fudge last. Right? Yeah. 100%. Maximize. So thank thank you guys for... Yeah, we're on the same page. I'll be on the same page. The, I, I dated a girl that didn't like the fudge center, so every time we had ice cream cake, I got double fudge, which was oh amazing. <sighs> That's that would awesome. have been someone to hang on to. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's I a know. whatever happened. There's a kid in high school who worked at Dairy <laughs> Queen, and they had a cake that had like that kind of layer, but it was built separately. So in the freezer, they just had like stacks of that like really brownie oh fudge thing. Oh my god! And he like stole a bunch of them and gave them out, and it was one of the better days of my life. <laughs> I, I <agree. laughs> my, Yeah. Yeah. So Spencer's wedding food, if we're catering, is just going to be pizza pops, Oreos, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, fudge center. But there's a process, and I'd appreciate it if I don't center. have to do the work. You know, just get that all prepared for me. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you yeah. have to suck out the. I would. <laughs> the innards yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Instead of feeding the cake and cutting the cake thin, you just squeeze the burn pizza my mouth. pops innards <laughs> into his <laughs> mouth. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you can have the doughy. You Absolutely. know, I'm, I'm actually less offended by Spencer's way of eating pizza pops than yours. That's that's what I had. That's why I made note. I said don't. Don't think you can get away with this. Don't yeah, because knock it, don't knock it till you try it. Well, you could just buy like the the McCain's pizzas, and it's the basically what you're not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. Everyone, everyone in this room and everyone listening knows pizza pops have a very distinct flavor. Yeah, yeah this is true. Okay. So you're just you're looking to just you're going to put in the extra work to have it cool faster. For essentially the yeah. same. Essentially. I respect that. Okay. Also, obviously, the best pizza pop flavor is the Hawaiian. Mm, absolutely wrong. Deluxe, it, incorrect. Deluxe, I'd say. Or four oh. cheese. Deluxe is good. Sometimes the pepperoni bacon though is my go-to. What's that? Pepperoni bacon. Ooh, I don't love that one. Yeah, the the, the bacon's weird in it. It is. Yeah, I lo- like four cheeses or deluxe is my The go-to. four cheese is good. Yeah, the four the cheese deluxe, is really nice. Deluxe is clutch. So you yeah. just imagine like squeezing out the four cheese, putting it on top of your pizza <laughs> pop, a little bit of like hot sauce and parmesan <laughs> on there. Yeah, make it a five cheeser. Or you could just put the hot sauce and parmesan on top of the. Yeah, but then you it's all messy if you eat it with your hands, and I eat it with a fork anyway. Exactly. So then I first scoop, bite off, <laughs> out. For, that's <laughs> that's the thing is like he exclusively eats his pizza pops with a fork and knife. Yeah, see, no, I, just a fork. I just do the, the fork. Right, 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 right. Okay, I, I, I don't then. eat pizza pops with a fork and knife. No. Knives are fine. Yeah, take advantage of the fact that they are a food developed for the hands. Yeah, it's a convenience food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it has a little dust on your hand from the flour shit on the outside. Yeah. Something to remember. Okay. I'm glad we got that straight I, out. <laughs> we needed to end on that. Yeah, yeah. we did. Um, so <laughs> that wraps fun. up this episode. Mm-hmm. This very special edition of Adam and Kyle Podcast live from the Kyle Riggi Studios. It's a beautiful in Okotoks, studio. Alberta. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Spencer. Thank you. This is for incredible. joining us. Yeah, thanks, Spencer. Um, and this is not the last you're going to hear of Spencer because uh, next week we are going to have a special edition of Here's What's Spinning coming out where Spencer will also be a guest of ours. And we're going to be going over just a 
crazy list of music. Lots um, of opinions. Lots of opinions. <laughs> yeah. um, Kyle and I were listening to this playlist the other day, and Spencer was mentioning it to me. It mentioning it to me as well. This is, might be the best. Here's what spinning list we've come up with. Yeah, every um, song is just slaps. Every song is just great. Uh, well, for the most part, we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're also going to reveal because Iron Maiden is very near and dear to our hearts. Uh, we are going to reveal our top 10 favorite Iron Maiden albums of all time. We owe it to them to put this on the table. Uh, and so that episode yeah. will be coming out next week. So you'll hear that next week. Um, and then as for us, as usual, you can reach us at adamkylepodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions, concerns, um, shoutouts, jokes for us. Um, you can reach us there. You can find us on Instagram at adamkyle podcast uh, on facebook at the adam and kyle podcast um and then you can follow the links in our bios and stuff to any and all of the places you can listen to our podcast on any platform and <coughs> god you just ruined the outro i know, I know. <laughs> i was trying so hard you couldn't, couldn't hey, hold it in i was trying um and yeah thank you as always for listening and uh joining us on this little journey and we'll see you again next week and thanks for hanging out with us see ya thank you hello everyone it's kyle here thanks again for listening to today's podcast we hope you enjoyed yourself please take a second to follow us on all of our social media links to our pages and any other material we talked about today are in the show notes below Check back in next month for some additional conversation, laughs, and new music. And we wanted to give a big thank you to Adam's sister, Amanda Rishog, for designing our podcast cover image. She's a beautifully talented artist that has a tattoo shop here in Calgary called Living Prayer Tattoo. She specializes in fine line work, sacred geometry, and botanicals. Follow her online handle at Living Prayer Tattoo on Facebook and on Instagram, where you can find all of her work and booking information. And lastly, thanks again to Phoenix Song Productions for the continued technical and financial support, which helped make this podcast possible. We'll see you next time.